Hello everybody, our teleconference today um, is entitled How to Attract and Select High Performers. I'm, uh, must say I'm privileged to have with us today Craig Shunt. Now Craig, I'm, I'm thrilled to have uh, managed to twist his arm to come along because Craig operates a very successful business called Amplify Talent. Um, his background is that he spent 15 years in recruitment, you know, and, and HR and so forth, so he certainly knows his patch. He's had eight years as a business owner, so he understands from both sides of the fence, and he's worked with a lot of businesses from as few as one or two people up to 100 staff. And uh, he's also, I guess this is what drives him his business, he's passionate about making sure the fit is right from the point of view of the people involved. So um, what I'd like to do is just, just get the ball rolling and just ask, uh, ask Craig a, a quick question. So, Craig... Um, I don't know if there's anything you'd like to add just to my little bit of background I gave you. No, that's all good, Brian. I just really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. That's a pleasure. Um, so um, what we're going to cover is creating a compelling employment brand, innovative ways of attracting top talent, intelligent and evidence-based hiring, and onboarding that sets up for success. So this is where I'll pose a question to uh, to, to Craig and let him take over. So, basically, um, I guess how do you, how do you define and communicate a position when you're looking at uh, for recruiting a, a, someone for a position? Yeah, look, and, and it's an important part, Brian, and it's obviously where it, where it all starts. And and often businesses that I meet with um, really struggle defining it defining exactly what they need and then the type of person um, you know that they need to find to, to match that role as well so um, I, I guess um, you know what I would say firstly in regards to defining the role is take your time with it um, you know dedicate some time where you, you get to talk to key people in your business um, and you know involve everyone in a, in a discussion around mapping out what's required uh, in a position, do a bit of a brainstorm. Um, be realistic about it. So, uh, you know, whilst um, you know a lot of business owners want, um, you know, want someone that can do everything, you know, think about well, realistically, am I going to find someone for the budget that I have? You know, that that you know is going to um, fulfil, you know, all the duties that I need. And and um, you know, so write down what's just the absolute critical uh, duties and and experience required. Uh, and then you know, look at perhaps what are the nice to haves as well that would be a bonus. So, um, so what I would say is with you know when you define a position, make sure you document it into a you know formal position description, and and you know not just that you know to tick the compliance box around HR, but actually have a document that that will help market a position to a prospective candidate. Um, and so. One of the things I'll talk about later is that you need to think like a marketer when it comes to recruitment. So, um, yeah, this this can be a really good tool to have in place um, to market the position and and let the candidate um, align themselves to the role and work out whether it's suitable to. All right, now that that makes that makes sense, I guess. And and whilst you may have spent the time defining the role, of course, we're coming back to attracting the right people. So, when you're looking for the right people, you've obviously got to you got to hit their hot buttons. We know that if you're marketing your product, if you're advertising these days, you need to find out the emotional response items that, you know, appeal to people. Um, how do you address that when it comes to looking for employees, Craig? 
Yeah, well, great. So, so um, as I said before, um, when it comes to recruitment and, and attracting staff, I, I think of it. I think of uh, the same principles as you would marketing your business to customers. Um, and this can be a bit of a mind, mindset shift for businesses, but the, the principles are exactly the same. So, you need to work out what your value proposition is to employees in general, um, and then you know there'll be uh, unique things within different departments of your business or different. Positions um, that will, you know, be be compelling. So you need to create a compelling em- employment brand, if you like, um, and that's, um, you know, that, that's something that can be very, very easy to do. A lot of businesses I talk to, you know, say, oh, there's nothing unique about us. We're sort of the same as anyone else in our industry, and it, that's hardly ever true. Um, that you know, when we do a bit of a brainstorm. Uh, there's lots that come out that you know comes out that um, you know makes that business you know a little bit unique, whether it be around the, the background of the owners, uh, the the culture that they have, the type of customers that they work with. You know, there's various components that can make this up. So, um, so I guess employees in general, um, you know, are looking you know for for you know lots of drivers and motivators for change when they when they go out to find a new role. Um, I think that you know, I think you'll see from the slides there that you know remuneration and benefits is as well down the list and this would be a you know typical the typical type type of answers you got from employees when you surveyed employees around an employment move. So, you know, interesting and challenging work, opportunities to learn and develop, etc. Um, you know, and inspiring leadership. So these are the things that you need to focus on from a from a business perspective to say, okay, do, you know, what do we offer as a as a company? What's our employment brand? So that's the that's the basis of um, you know great you know great recruitment in my eyes. Um, and you know then then I think it's getting uh, innovative around how you then um, you know go out and use that employment brand uh, to attract. Um, you know, to attract new people. And and just on the employment brand as well, Brian, um, you know, that can seem like a scary thing to create in your business. Um, and I definitely think it's a system that's needed in the business that everyone in the company knows what the empl- you know, the employment brand is, what you what the company stands for as an employer. And I'll put some tips on the slides there in terms of how you would, you know, go through that process in terms of brainstorming, you know, articulating and then, you know, and then communicating to, to the wider market in terms of what your employment brand is um, and actually and videos become fast becoming a, a key part of marketing employment brand as it is in consumer marketing so I'll actually put in a, um, an example of a software company in the US that I think is a, is a great example of, of how you communicate your employment uh, brand via videos I definitely encourage everyone to um, to check that out I'll share um, that okay. Sorry to talk over you there. Yeah, we'll share that video um, link shortly, so I'll, I'll go to that. But I suppose this seems so familiar to me because it's just like the marketing strategy you put together for your business. If you've got a business and you're yeah. looking to market a product, you've got to do your marketing strategy and find out your avatar, you know, your your ideal perfect customer and what it is they want and the language they speak in. So this is really the same process. You're replicating it. And again, it's the same thing applies when you're franchising your business. You need to put your marketing to get strategy together and find out who's your avatar as your perfect, perfect franchisee. So what you're doing is replicating the process. I, I can understand that. And it makes a lot of sense the way you're doing it here. Um, so yeah, you, you, you mentioned from the point of view of the brainstorming and 
articulating all your sort of values and so forth so that you're, you're giving people an idea of who you are and I suppose what your energy is and what the business stands for. Um, and, um, and then this business of the video. Um, I'm, I'm just spending a bit of time setting up new YouTube television um, channels myself and numerous other ones. So it's certainly something very valid. Um, Craig mentioned there HubSpot, which um, there's a video link which will be available in parallel with this uh, teleconference if you're listening to this at the moment. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll be providing this or you can contact Craig or myself to get a link to it. Um, but that's certainly um, any any number of these sorts of uh, uh, organisations giving this um, advice are worth looking at. Um, so, I suppose the next the next point is if you're uh, what are some tips to really stand out as an employer beyond that? When we come to um, attracting people, you mentioned you've got to think like a marketer, um, and that essentially, as far as that's concerned. You've got to, you know, you've got to source the best talent. What are some examples, I guess, of, of some of the channels you would use or you would suggest that people use? Yeah. So, look, yeah, again, it's, it's thinking innovatively in terms of and thinking out of the box, perhaps looking in spaces where your competitors wouldn't, exactly the same, you know, uh, mindset as you would when you go after customers. Um, but, but I guess my whole business is centred around avoiding job boards. Um, so, you know, use the, the seek.com.au as an example. I mean, you, you certainly can find talent through sources like that. Um, but you're playing in a very small pond, um, and sometimes there's a you know very good reason why someone, you know, so you know, while talent, why talent is in, in that pond as well. So, um, you know, I guess so you're really limiting yourself. So you need to get wider than that. And I always say focus on passive candidates. Um, and what I mean by that is people that aren't actively out there looking for a new role. And so they are the best people, you know, in your industry. So, um, and, and this again. Again, seems like a sort of a scary, scary scar concept to a business where, oh, well, we've always used Seek or we've always just relied on employee referrals. Or, um, but, you know, there's, there's dozens of more channels that you can use to, to sort of, you know, tap into that passive talent market. And it doesn't have to be, you know, picking up the phone, you know, directly headhunting them. I know that's sort of quite a you know, scary thought for some business owners. Um, you know, that does work. There's no question about that. Um, but there's, you know, there's lots of other ways. Social media is playing a big part, um, you know, and you can develop, you can spread, you know, your employment brand that we talked about through social media really well. Um, but it's, it's looking at, you know, how you can incentivize employees to give referrals, use your supplier network um, and your wider business you know, network to, to generate referrals of new employees. Um, you know, keeping a you know some form of database within your business, and definitely for any business that that recruits on a volume basis, this is just absolutely critical that you're always developing a, a talent pool. And you know, and therefore, if someone comes, you, you come across someone that you think would be great for your business, but you don't have a role, make sure you meet them, have a coffee with them, put them in your talent pool. You know and farm a, a, you know, a pool of talent that, that, you know, you can sort of put, uh, draw from, you know, when you, when you need to hire. Um, but there's just, there's, you know, there's, there's dozens of things that you can do and, and some will be, you know, work, 
better in, in some industries than others. Uh, but it's, it's, a thing, it's a case of thinking, okay, well, what, what's my target market? Um, you know, how can I reach them, and what's going to be compelling to them? Um, you know, when 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 we reach them, why why are they going to want to come and see us? Right, it's beginning to it's, it's becoming apparent to me very quickly. <coughs> excuse me. Whilst I've always respected, you know, using an agency because they're third party, often they'll attract people you won't. Um, the truth of the matter is, it's pretty obvious that to try and achieve these results on your own. It's going to be quite a challenge because uh, um, there's a lot of resources needed. It isn't just a matter of putting an ad together, as you say, and putting it out there to the world. You really need to be targeting to get the right people. So um, those channels are obviously critically important. So for those of you writing this down, I'll just I'll just run through them quickly. There's having a resume database, looking at job yeah. boards, um, using LinkedIn emails and looking also at social areas. The possibility of head fun, head hunting, using network referrals, you know, referrals from people within your, within your, within your network that you know, in your business circles, and employer referrals, of course, existing staff. So that's a combination of the six points that comprise your talent pool. So there's a, there's a fair bit to think about there. So when we move, I suppose, beyond that stage, when you're sourcing talent, what are the, what are the tips from your point of view as far as Making sure you get the right people and the the basic, I suppose, the sort of five or six key secrets that you recommend people use to be successful. Yeah, look, it's, it's, I think number one is playing in that passive space rather than the active candidate space. And you know, everything in my career history tells me that the quality of those people was much higher. So, um, look at ways to, to you know, I guess. Uh, access passive candidates number one um, you know think about you know what those people you know what's going to drive those people to, to to change and move to your company um, and then don't just rely on you know one source um, you know I come across a lot of employers that said oh we're struggling to you know struggling to find staff and you know, I say okay so what have you done to do that oh we've you know we've put an ad on seek um, and look, that's just not not going to bring you the right results. So it's like having one channel where you market your business. And um, I think if anyone on the call only has one channel to market their business, well, well done to them. And if, if, if and if their business is successful, but there's not many businesses I come across that that you know find you know find the, the, the sufficient amount of business through one channel. So think of it in those terms. Um, and look, just you know, you know yes, you want to be um, um, you know, quick and efficient through a recruitment process and find the, you know, the, a great person as soon as possible. But really develop a system in your business, particularly if you're recruiting regularly, that you know is, you know, where, where you can spend time up front, like we said, defining that position, um, you know, creating that employment brand, you know, and that might be for a specific role, it might be for 10 roles that you have at one time, whatever the case may be. Um, and, but, but really put a campaign out there to give yourself every chance of getting that rock star. Um, so, that, uh, you know, rather than just, you know, going, oh, we've got to hire tomorrow, we'll just take the, the, you know, the first person that comes along, that seems okay. Right, so really making it a very, very strategic sort of operation from that point of view. Um, yeah, when we yeah. were talking earlier, you ran through a few points uh, about being targeted and using all those channels you've been saying, uh, making it simple for people to 
to put an application in or to make contact. And interestingly, you mentioned about having an elevator pitch, so it being scripted, so when you do talk to people, you can get something across very, very quickly, just as we would do in any normal business environment. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good yeah. tip. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just as an example of that, I had a call with a, a prospective candidate this morning where I, you know, we directly approached that person about a client opportunity. I, I, you know, I felt like I literally had one minute of his time to, you know, throw out some hooks to, to get him interested to arrange another discussion. Um, you know, and so we had, you know, it was the, the call was to say, well, if you send me a message, I'm interested in having a chat, but I don't really know what, you know, what would motivate me around this role. So I, you know, literally had that minute to convince him that, that, that you know, of, of why he should talk to me more. Right, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Um, when we were talking before as well, you mentioned about what, what you called making intelligent hiring decisions when it comes to the process, yeah. I guess. Would, would you like to add a little bit to that just to uh, explain that for us? Yeah, sure thing. So, look, this this is often where it all falls down, um, you know, particularly in small to medium-sized businesses, um, you know, which, you know, I guess, guess sometimes the challenge is to find the talent in the first place, like we just talked about. Um, but one, you know, but, but I see businesses that sometimes when they get the talent, they're very, very quick to make a, a hiring decision. And it might be that they're left with one person and they just think, oh, let's just go with it, see how it goes. Um, but I guess I use an, an, an analogy in, in this um, area and, and I always challenge business owners to go think about the last time you put a new vehicle um, compared to the, the last time you hired a new staff member. And I think um, unless you're driving a, a Ferrari, um, you know, a new staff member is going to cost you more every year than a vehicle. Um, and you know, I, I, most most of the time, I get the response of, "Ah, oh, yeah, I spend a lot more time selecting my car." <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> um, so it, it's a, something really good for all business owners to think about. And um, it, hiring in your business, making and uh, hiring decisions needs to needs to be a system. Um, so it, it, there needs to be a step by step process that you have in your business that's just tried and true. You, you might tweak along the way. Um, you might use you know different supporting tools like you know psychometrics and whatnot. But you have to have a system that you have trust in. It needs to be something that you can work through in a you know a fairly um, quick time frame. Um, but it's going to be something that gives you an evidence-based selection decision rather than just gut feel. So gut feel is great. That's one part of the you know a hiring process as far as I'm concerned. But a lot of business owners make hiring decisions based on gut feel alone um, and. Uh, you know, and I know I've done that before myself, and and you know, and uh, yeah, it's been thrown back at me. So um, yes, so that's that's I guess what I'm what, what I'm alluding to there. Okay, and, and what I like about your organisation and your discipline is that you stick to a process. So maybe you just quickly talk to that. Um, I think there were five or six steps that you mentioned. Um, you know, going right from the beginning, from the resume and telephone screening. What's the process that you recommend that people follow there? Yeah, so it's having a check sheet or, or you know, um, yeah, definitely a checklist in, in terms of that, that screening process. You know, the key people in your business that, that may do this, you know, 
uh, are trained on it. So, um, and, and I, you know, and I still use a checklist, you know, 15 years on in, in recruitment on every every telephone screening call that I do. And um, you know, I you know I rate the skills match, communication, uh, attitude, you know, motivation for the role. Um, and you know, so I'm certainly listening to the candidate, rating them. Um, but then it's also a great opportunity to promote, you know, uh, you know the the job and and the company. Um, so never miss that opportunity. And I've seen lots of employers lose candidates um, at this point where if they're doing their own screening, they don't really promote what their opportunity is. And so you, you've got to think it's a, it's as much for that prospective candidate as it is for the employer. Um, so yes, well, whilst you've got to tick the boxes and rate them and work out whether they're suitable for you, uh, they're doing the same thing. So um, don't treat it as a one-way conversation if you like. So, you, so um, you're, you're making you're making a pit, you're making a pitch to them really when it comes to that point of view. I suppose that's why I can appreciate why you say that because most of us probably underrate or under under undervalue what we've got. So we're not pushing that. We're making the assumption it's all about them. But in actual fact, we've got to make sure they appreciate that we are an exceptional employer, I guess. Yeah. And it's also a screening tool as well because the candidate will listen to what you're saying and, and align themselves to that or, 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 or perhaps say, oh, actually, for whatever reason, that role's not for me. And so rather they work it out at that point in time rather than they come in for an interview and you spend an hour with them and, and you work it out at the end of that. So, um, you know, and then both parties have just wasted their time then. So, um, but I think, you know, the, the key point around it is, yeah, it's, it's a chance to really get them motivated, you know, get them, you know, uh, you know, really keen to come in and meet with you uh, if you think they're going to be a great person. Okay. And then you move into the, the sort of, you know, the direct interview phase. Uh, perhaps you can just lead us through that a little bit. Yeah. So again, structure is just just uh, really really critical. So having an interview form that you use, um, again, that you know you might tweak along the way. Uh, you'll work out you know some questions that work better than others, but you really want to drive open conversation in, a, in an interview, and it needs to be a two-way conversation. I generally you know set the structure of a meeting. Do it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll start with an introduction. You know, so they know exactly who I am. Um, set the structure of the meeting, I'll then just really quickly get them talking uh, in terms of their background um, and, and rather than asking questions around their resume, just get them to take me through their background and you know, and you know, just just inject and and with questions when need be, um, but and you know, then I might ask them some behavioural questions. So what I mean by that is, you know, giving you know, setting um, or asking them for certain situations if they were faced. Faced with certain situations, how do they behave? What do they, you know, how do they solve problems, etc. So, um, so just make sure you get the candidate talking as much as possible is, is an absolute key, um, and will help you, you know, assess that culture fit. Um, and and you know, and yeah. So so I think just think it's having a having an agenda. Um, and having a structure that will actually maximise that time rather than, you know, you get to the end of an hour and you think, oh, yeah, they were a nice person, uh, we had some good good conversation, but then you just, uh, you know, most employers would have had the scenario where they think, yeah, but I'm just, just not quite sure whether they've got the right type of background. So you really need to make the most of it and flesh out as much information as possible. And then I guess you're going to end up with a short list and then you're going to start going through that sort of process of... Uh, just checking people out and so forth. Um, what's how, how do you recommend yeah. that's that's uh, that's handled, uh, Craig? 
Yeah, look, um, I, I mean, the the common response I get from employers when we start talking about reference checking or using skills or psychometric assessments is, uh, you know, often you know, people laugh and go, oh, no, well, you know, we don't need to do that, um, you know, or, you know, they're, they're never going to give a referee that, you know, is going to say a bad thing, so no, no, it doesn't matter. Um, but I truly believe reference checking um, is just absolutely critical and if done well, can get great results and can get great insight into a, a candidate. And even if it, the reference is still positive, you can really glean out what uh, you know the, the person is really like, how they you know how they like to be managed, um, and you know, the, you know so it doesn't necessarily need to be negatives, but you'll get a better understanding of how that person will, will come into your business. So again, you have a structured um, reference questionnaire. Uh, it doesn't need to be, you know, exhaustive. Again, keep it a two-way discussion. Let the ask some open questions rather than closed questions, so that you know that the person can talk back to you. Um, but really, um, really make sure you get most out of that that reference process. Make sure it's someone they've reported directly to. That it's not their mate that they go to the pub with on a Friday, or sure. you know, it's, it's something that's really, really credible. Um, so. Um, and then the psychometrics and, and skills testing. Look, this um, to me is just an absolute no-brainer. Um, the you know the market is flooded with various tools um, that you can use. Um, you know, some are more relevant to different industries than others, but you should have some type of psychometric or behavioural uh, personality assessment in a recruitment process. Um, with our clients, it's non-negotiable. It's just a standard part of our offering. Um, we, we use extended disc, which is um, you know just something that I've, I've used for years and, and really believe in. Uh, but but yeah, and like I say, some of these tools now are just so inexpensive, and you know, it's some and candidates can complete on within a short time frame so it doesn't hold a recruitment process up and it just gives you more insight and it's just taking away risk if you like. Yeah, look, you don't, yeah, from that point of view, I'm one of the flock, I'm one of the converted. Uh, this to me is an absolute essential for any position that you're uh, recruiting for and when you're looking at franchisees, absolutely desperate and, uh, and it's worth doing with all your current staff and you've got a bit of an idea of their qualities and characteristics and what what help and what you want to avoid with any future people you put on, I, I appreciate that. So it's essential. So, but you, you then look at it. I suppose you've done you've done your reference checking and you've been through the you know the psychometric disc profile. What what's the step beyond that? Yeah. So look, this is uh, where where I would normally introduce a job shadow um, and. Some some companies call it a culture check, um, but it, it or you know it may be a you know just an extended second interview. Uh, but this you know again is sometimes I get you know get challenged around this and around oh no, I don't think we need to do that. Um, you know that you know that would put the candidate off. But this is a great way for both parties to see the warts and all within a business, um, and, and it, you know definitely a minimum of two to three hours, if not you know a half or a full day. Particularly for someone that wasn't working, at, you know, at that present time. Um, so, so, and so, what I mean by this is that you would get someone into your business. They would meet multiple people. Uh, they would see the systems. They, you know, you would set the reality of the job and into more depth than what you would have in the interview. Uh, you would generally finish off, finish it off. 
you know, some sort of uh, informal uh, process. So, you know, take them for a coffee, lunch. Uh, I've got one client that, that takes, you know, candidates for a beer or a wine and, and you know, at the, you're following a job shadow and, and, and gets more out of that than, um, you know, than he does through the rest of the recruitment process. So, okay. um, but, but, but basically it's just, yeah, it's just showing, it's just setting reality for both parties and it, and it lets the candidate make a more informed decision as well. Um, and it actually gets the candidate more excited. And so if you, particularly if you've got someone that might be offered a job and accept it and then there's four or five weeks before they start, they have got more idea about the business. They've met more people that just, you know, it, it adds to that excitement level. Um, but it, just, I think this is just a, like for me, is just an absolute no-brainer and, and I've had a few employers say to me over the time, well, we don't want to do that because, you know, the candidate will then see this and then they may not sure. want to accept the job. And I say, well, you would, you know, you would rather them see it at that point rather than offer them the job they sit on day one and then they disappear. So, um, hopefully that makes sense. So, absolutely. So this is before you actually formalize the job offer itself. Yes, definitely. I'm with you. Okay. Before you make that hiring decision. So, it, okay. So they've been through. They've 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 you know spent a couple of three hours you know at your premises in your business. What's the process you go through just briefly as far as actually putting the offer to them? Is there is there a formula, a way of doing it that you recommend? Um, yeah, def- definitely. I always say a job offer should be done face to face. Yeah, when when we're making job offers to candidates, it's just like any um, business situation. If you were meeting with a client to sign a client deal, uh, you know, I, I, you know, most industries that's not done over the phone, done face to face. And you know, certainly if there's any little things that that the candidate's not sure about, you'll be able to tell through body language or you know, perhaps just little things that they're saying in that meeting, and, and you're likely to resolve that negotiation process. You know, so much quicker. Um, exactly the same in any business situation. If you try and negotiate over the phone, you know it's near impossible sometimes. So, um, so, so you know, get face to face. It might be at the end of that job shadow even. So, you know, I've got some clients that if they you know get to the point in that job shadow where they're saying, hey, this this person's definitely the person, they'll do it at the end of that. Um, otherwise, it could be, hey, we'll come, you know, send them away after the job shadow. Think about it. Make the decision the next day and say, "Hey, we'll come to you this afternoon. We'll we'll meet somewhere close to you, and I'll give you the, give you the job offer." Um, but de- but definitely uh, get face to face, and actually then like um, map out the first you know the first you know week, two weeks, month, uh, one month, and I would actually say map out a whole development program, training program for that first three months of employment, and this might vary depending on the industry and depending on what the job is. Um, but actually get the person really excited about what they're going to be involved in in your business right. in the early stages. Okay. Um, and it, it, again, it's a bit of a marketing tool, um, but sure. you'll get a lot, you, you'll, it'll, it'll mean you don't get the people that drop off, um, as in during that notice period. Okay. Oh, well, let's move into a little bit more of the, uh, the, the sort of wrapping up get stage, I, I suppose. So if you, You've uh, you've termed this when we were talking about setting up new employees for success. So what's the process there from that point of view? I suppose, you know, you've done all that work with with your, your job shadow and so forth. You've got to know them. You've got your disc profile. So how do we go from there? 
Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, an induction and onboarding process is, is something that, yeah, again, is, is non-existent in a lot of businesses. Uh, I always say it's like, you know, the running re- recruitment process is like running up the hill, um, <laughs> and then, you know, the, the induction can be something off the cliff. So, um, because it, you, know, you do all of that hard work, you set everything up for success, you've got that right person, um, and you've got all the right intentions, and then there's just not the effort put in in the, the early stages of employment. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of business owners that, that you know, can have the attitude of, well, you know, I'm paying you 75000 a year, whatever it be, you know, you, you know you're just going to come in and do a job, you know. So, but you've got to make sure that you set them up for success. Um, okay. Otherwise, you're not going not to get that return on investment. Okay. Um, so, so Sorry to talk over So, yeah, just, just to move through this fairly quickly now. So, what are the few key things that you, uh, you do as far as that's concerned, you know, before they get started and then as they, as they join sort of thing? Yeah, sure. Look, you know, there's just, um, you know, a, a pre-start, you know, gift and welcome pack that, you know, so it might be a gift that's, you know, go off and, uh, you know, get a beauty treatment, you know, and, if you can have some time off before you start, but you know some some type of gift to say, hey, welcome on board. But that a welcome pack could be something where you actually give them some information on the company, so they've actually got a lot more background before they start, um, and actually have that plan in place so they know what they're going to go through. They're in the right mindset when they start. They you know they know what they're prepared for. But then on the first day, really set an agenda on what you want to cover. Um, and I always say in the first week it should be a daily agenda. And then from uh, the end of the first week, it should be a weekly agenda. Um, and this could be, you know, as long as three months in, in some roles. Uh, it might be, you know, one month in, in other roles. But, uh, you know, set, set the agenda, and agenda, what you want to achieve, the milestones, and actually tick them off between the manager and the employee. Um, and then also have a, a, you know, a buddy outside of the, the manager as well, so someone that they can go to if, if, that, if there is someone there um, to, to ask for support. Um, so, and and I guess what this is a leadership thing. Is this is you know this is the, where the leaders in the business need to drive this, whether it be the business owners or general managers. So, so this is a you know um, you know they've got to take responsibility. Yeah. So don't don't delegate. Don't over delegate. This is a key element where you're going to build that relationship and uh, you're going to be. I guess you're going to be taking the pulse as well, and it's a two-way thing, isn't it? So, um, so yeah. in summary, there's some wonderful points you've made there, and I'll touch base on with those briefly in, in a minute. But um, so, just to summarise, then um, the, the the points I guess that uh, I've got here about being creative and standing out. So, look, work out your marketing strategy. Um, make sure you've got a, a process you work through. And an important element of that, of course, was getting out to a large number of potential sources, not just the obvious sort of online uh, advertising agencies like Seek and that sort of thing, but actually get out there and really scale the marketplace for, as you said, for 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 for, for um, sort of dormant prospects as well as for people who are actively in the marketplace. Uh, so that's important. Uh, um, I, I like the aspect of the job shadow. I thought that was uh, that was great. So that's something I've highlighted. And I I love the idea of giving them a gift of a starter pack. Gee, that's something new to me, I, I guess. And um, so often it's just taken for granted. But it's almost like in a in a sales environment. It's like uh, you know handling the uh, avoiding the buyer's remorse. You know, you're giving someone a, a reminder as to why they want to chose you as opposed to 
wondering about, oh, I wonder whether it was this position I should have taken or with somebody else across town, you know, so that's important. And uh, and then getting everyone in your organisation to get actively involved, so having a, having a buddy. Um, I yeah. guess if, if you do all that right, then, you know, you're really well on the path to having a very successful business. And after all said and done, every business is only as good as its people. So if you've got better... If you've got better systems, better training, better staff than your competitors, they're going to be looking at you and they're going to know they're behind the eight ball. So that's always a challenge for any business to get in that position. And this is one way you can do it. Um, and when we were talking earlier, you mentioned, you know, you always keep your eyes open for opportunities and new staff. I guess you're meeting people when you're out at network meetings, as you mentioned earlier in the discussion today. So grabbing that business card and keeping it in the drawer sort of thing, you know, when you meet someone who looks interesting, because uh, you never know. Hmm, okay. Exactly, and uh, catch up with them twice a year, and you might not recruit them for three years, but in three years' time, they might just be that star person. Yeah, so it's, it's, I can see why you, you do it properly, and it's going to work for you, isn't it? So um, I, I'd like to really thank you for that. I've been making prolific notes, and uh, if anyone hasn't, I suggest you replay this and, and jot away. But um, in, in wrapping it up, um, I was able to get Craig to offer to the listeners an opportunity to have a chat with him just to learn a little bit more and post some questions without any commitment. So um, you, would you like to just outline the, the complimentary um, call that you've offered to our listeners, Craig, please? Yeah, sure thing. Well, look, no, I'll happily provide a you know thirty minute uh, or thirty minutes of my time you know for a call just to to talk about at a strategic level what you know what your challenge uh, clients' challenges are around attracting and selecting people. Um, so and you know and I guess we're also involved in wider HR, so it can be a you know a, a, you know um, encompassed HR problem as well. So wider than just that if, if they need to talk about something else, but I'd yeah, like to offer a you know, 30 minute call, um, and we can you know, schedule that over the coming weeks. Um, and you know, I guess I've worked across a lot of industries, so uh, I've got lots of innovative ideas, particularly around that, that candidate sourcing piece, but in, in you know, lots of niche industries. Uh, so I can get some insight there. And then, um, and then anyone that um, you know wants to, to participate, or want, sorry, wants to trial the extended disc product. As well, just to see the power of something like that, then I'm happy to provide a, a free assessment for anyone to. Okay, look, I'll just give you Craig's details. Um, Craig, you can certainly always contact me, and the information will be alongside this um, this podcast. But um, if you want to jot down his phone number, it's o four five o seven five seven five two six. That's o four five o seven five seven five two six. The company is Amplify Talent. And he's actually based right in the heart of Sydney, uh, level 255 Hunter Street. Um, the, uh, the email address is Craig, C-R-A-I-G dot shut S-H-U-T-T at amplifytalent.com.au. And, uh, the, uh, the website's, uh, got the same, the same name. So you'll track that easy enough. So what I'd like to do is just, uh, I guess say thank you very much indeed, Craig, for your time. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, that's kind of you to make the time available, and I hope everyone's gained as much as me. I've certainly picked up a lot there. So if anyone has any questions subsequent to this, please get in touch with me, and I'll forward them through to Craig, or by all means, if you've got his number there, call him direct. But otherwise, um, 
we'll take it from there. Thanks for your time today, Craig, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Look forward to hearing from you and speaking again when we have our next podcast again shortly. Thanks a lot, Craig. Just like to say thank you in wrapping up. Thank you, Brian, and thanks, uh, everyone, for listening.